This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. You're listening to Bookmark with me, Uma Pagan Ampke Pagan. Joining me today on the show is an absolute legend in the comic book world, author and artist Scott McCloud. His book, Understanding Comics, remains the definitive work for anyone looking to make sense of the medium. Hi, I'm Scott McCloud, and I'm the author of Understanding Comics and other books about comics and a new graphic novel called The Sculptor. All right, let's give it a try. You'll have to forgive me if this sounds like every question I've ever wanted to ask Scott McCloud. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's okay. Right, cool. So, Scott, I've always likened understanding comics to Carl Sagan's Cosmos in that it's this piece of academic work that runs in a very similar vein. Yes, well, we certainly both have a flair for the melodramatic, I'll I'll give you that, me, me and Sagan. <laughs> and what's particularly fascinating about both your works is I think you try to get, you try to take subjects that are otherwise considered to be quite complex and make it accessible. Mm, yeah, I think in many ways I'm just trying to reveal uh, what what I see is relatively simple in my own mind. You know, people who are experts in very... Um, abstract, very abstruse uh, concepts, you know, cosmology or quantum physics or whatever, uh, they often have uh, enough of a handle on their topic that they see it pretty clearly in their minds. And often if you visualize that that subject, you find that it's, it's really not that hard to get across. Um, it, it bumps down several grade levels, as I'd like to say, you know, something that that might be very difficult for uh, an undergraduate uh, college student, uh, if visualized properly, uh, can be easily understood by a high school student without having to dumb it down at all. Which brings me, I guess, to the big question. I, much like yourself, have always struggled with explaining the wonder and magic of this art form, of this medium to, you know, other people. Uh, you wrote a whole entire book. Has it gotten any easier? Yes, it's gotten much easier because I can just tell people to read my book. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as as soon as understanding comics was done, I I started getting invitations to speak places, and I would and I would go there, and people were a little confused that I didn't talk about anything that was in understanding comics. I just started talking about the internet or whatever was interesting to me at the time, um, and that was because now that it was in a book, I could let the book do the talking. Uh, and I didn't have to be like the rock musician forever playing that same song over and over and over. Um, so yes, it's gotten much easier because my book is out there just, just pollinating the landscape, I suppose. But if I were to ask you to explain comics or the value of comics, and especially, say, the superhero to an otherwise literary snob, where would you begin? <laughs> well, you know, any any art form has literary potential, artistic potential. Um, and, uh, you know, it's up to the individual practitioners to, to try to mine that. Um, and it wasn't so much that we were trying to prove, you know, in the States 20 years ago that comics were art. We were simply trying to prove that it had the capacity for artistic expression. I think that's true of the art form. And I, I think that's true of any given genre and superheroes are one of those genres. 
Um, and we've, we've seen people like Alan Moore and others uh, explore the possibilities of that genre and also explore the outer boundaries of it. Uh, some of my favorite comics are superheroes, but we wouldn't necessarily think of them as superheroes. Um, you know, Scott Pilgrim is essentially a superhero comic, uh, and yet it's it's also a form of social satire and and just a really great romantic comedy. And has things like Avengers making over a billion dollars at the box office made this world easier for those on the outside to grasp? Well, it certainly helped people to understand the appeal of superheroes. Um, uh, and I, you know, I, I see that as a triumph of the genre itself as abstracted from its art form. So in other words, it's about superheroes as superheroes more than comics per se. Its association with comics has helped comics to a degree. Uh, it's also helped to make nerd culture mainstream. Uh, when people adapt comics into movies, my first and only real hope is that it's going to be a good movie. And sometimes that means being true to the source material. Sometimes that means uh, just being true to one's own instincts as a filmmaker. And lately, I think they've, they've struck a nice balance. And uh, my wife and I very much enjoy going to most of those superhero films that have come out in the last several years, simply because they're fun, entertaining films. Because people are only just picking up on this notion of the superhero not being a genre, but an actual medium for ideas. It's something you point out within like the first seven pages of Understanding Comics, and you did it 20 years ago. Well, I should say that I, I, I do consider superheroes to be a genre within the art form, within multiple art forms. Um, but, you know, of course, that's, that's really just a matter of semantics. Um, but if you, uh, nevertheless, I mean, I think with any, with any collection of stylistic ideas or uh, any collection of, uh, you know, tropes or, or, uh, I don't know, just, just motifs, uh, there's, there are certainly the tools to create fantastic stories, um, interesting forms of expression, um, you know, I'd mentioned Alan Moore comes up a lot in connection to this because he was the first one, I think, to look at the whole of superheroes as a, as a storytelling culture, as this big narrative soup and, and allow us to, to really look, take a hard look at it for the first time and rethink it, rethink its fundamental principles and maybe critique them a little bit. What Alan Moore did, I guess, with Watchmen and, bringing the notion of historical context to this 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 really elaborate mythology was um, something quite phenomenal. But when you talk about the superhero in, I guess, mainstream pop culture, when you were writing Understanding Comics, did you ever imagine that um, the superhero and, heck, the comic book would be ever this mainstream? Yeah, it did surprise me. I, I think probably the greatest surprise of the last 20 years was actually that Japanese comics would become mainstream in the United States. A lot of kids in America started reading manga. Uh, and that was a special interest of mine uh, back in the early 80s. And that was that was the biggest of the surprises. Because I, I have to say that that the idea of the graphic novel becoming mainstream, of comics becoming mainstream, well, that was the plan. <laughs> that is, when I was when I was making understanding comics. This was the battle plan. I wanted to see it become mainstream, and um, I guess I, I figured it would be a, an uphill battle. But I was enough of a cocky optimist that if you asked me 
where I expected us to be in 20 years. I might have painted something a little bit like this. Uh, I thought that the superhero would actually decline a bit because, you know, my, my main rallying cry was to say that comics as an art form were more than just one, you know, one set of characters or types of characters, that sort of thing. So I wanted, I, I wanted to see the, the superhero um, uh, have less of a, of a market share, I suppose we would say. Um, I liked super, I enjoyed superhero comics and I wanted to see them thrive and be better comics and, uh, and, and captivate as many audience members as they could. But I also wanted to see a hundred other genres bloom. Um, and I was hoping for, for a much more diverse art form that we've been seeing as well in recent years, I'm happy to say. And I think that's, you're absolutely right, but I think that's still in its infancy, isn't it? I guess the notion of, I mean, there is Art Spiegelman and Joe Sacco and, and a few legends who've kind of broken out into, to get literary cred, but the nonfiction comics still haven't, I guess, made it as mainstream. Actually, it's, it's. It's made a lot of progress in the states. Um, I have to say that these days, you know, it's it's a little hard to even say what mainstream comics are. Um, you know, nearly every college in America is teaching Persepolis at this point, for example. Um, uh, it's uh, the the all ages sector is tremendously popular. If you look at the New York Times leading uh, paperback comics. Uh, they're mostly done by uh, artists like Raina Telgemeier or Jeff Smith, um, people doing comics for young readers, uh, which which are about you know high school romances or or the personal stories of the author. Uh, so it is changing. Um, uh, also, we have another you know quite a few fantasy genres that are not quite superheroes. Comics like The Walking Dead are tremendously popular. Uh, so, uh, no, it is, it is becoming, finally be, beginning to become more diverse. Superheroes still occupy an important place in the, in the economy of comics. Um, but the whole idea of the mainstream is changing pretty dramatically just in the last 10 years. I'm speaking today to the legendary Scott McCloud. More in just a little bit. This is Bookmark on BFM 89.9. And this is Bookmark. I'm speaking today to author and artist Scott McLeod about the comic book medium. Some of the best stuff to come out of, I guess, the idea of uh, comics as a medium to tell a story, not just a superhero story, is out of image. I mean, they've been doing things like Manifest Destiny. Um, they've been exploring some great science fiction, um, uh, even Matt Fraction and Sex Criminals. It's just phenomenal out there stuff well i recently edited best american comics and, and uh, one of my selections was saga which oh, I, brilliant. I think is a terrific series yeah absolutely very smart fantasy work uh very humanist which which i always like um uh, just just terrific stuff yeah absolutely um but you know but there are so many fronts to the revolution now uh, you know what, what you hope for in an art form is biodiversity. You know, you just want it to be a rainforest. And we're finally moving in that direction because we have the convergence of the superhero culture and then also the graphic novel culture and alternative comics alongside. We have the all-ages movement coming in. 
And we have web comics. We can't forget that there's this tremendous thriving uh, culture of web comics, some of which get a million readers a day. Um, and so and all of these things put together lead to the kind of diversity that, lead, that can really help to breed a healthy art form. I think that's what's going on now. How does this revolution make you feel as one of the original geeks as one of the first few who really recognized not just the artistic merit but i guess even the literary merit of the comic book uh because what shabon did with cavalier and clay kind of added some literary cred but you brought that real academic cred so is this a kind of vindication <laughs> well you know i when i started out even at the age of 15 when I got involved in comics, if you'd asked me, I was a snooty little kid who only, <laughs> only began reading comics reluctantly. I would have told you, well, I enjoy a lot of comics, but for me, it was about the potential. And, and I can't ever feel particularly satisfied with where we are, because every time I look at where we are, all I can think is how much further we could go, you know, what the potential still is. And to me, it's still the tip of the iceberg. But if I was in movies, I would think the same thing. If I was a prose novelist, I would think the same thing. You know, only it's just such a tiny fraction of the possibilities are ever explored in any art form. And I don't think comics is any different. But the great satisfaction, the great victory for us, I think, is that we're quietly taking our seat at the table. And and I think that increasingly uh, the gatekeepers and the institutions of higher learning and uh, the, the preservation of our culture are, are quietly coming to accept the potential of comics, the ability of people working within this form to create significant work. That's all we should have ever expected. Uh, we don't have to canonize everything that's been done in this art form. There's plenty of crap, of course. Um, but just to simply recognize that the ability of artists working within it to do great work, uh, that's, that's all we could have ever hoped for. And, um, and that's a tremendously satisfying uh, victory for us. With where we are right now, I mean, we're seeing, we're seeing comics being used to tell every possible kind of story. In some cases, I think I get a wider range than on the comic book shelves at a bookstore than on the fiction shelves on a bookstore. Mm. So with that in mind, where do you think, or what frustrates you with this potential question? Well, my frustrations, let's see. Oh, there's so many now. (laughs) (laughs) There are many many bottlenecks. There are plenty of bottlenecks still. Um, online, there are bottlenecks of a very uh, immature industry that's still trying to find its legs. Um, this is true of all content online, of course, uh, forms of commerce and, and just the way in which uh, people uh, turn their love of comics into a career is is stymied by by some some inefficient systems. Um, in uh, in the in the brick and mortar world. Uh, there are still maybe a few too many uh, what we call guy holes, which is, you know, stores that cater only to men. Right. Uh, there's we've seen uh, a, 
tremendous progress in terms of gender balance of uh, those who make comics and those who read comics back in North America. I think that um, within a few years, I think we might even have a majority female industry, which could be very, very interesting. But in terms of ethnic diversity, we are still lagging behind. It's still it's still a fairly pale culture, um, and that needs to change. Um, uh, there's you know oh, there's so many different ways in which in which things could still progress, and I hope they will. But but for the last twenty years, I mean, it's it's been a pretty satisfying twenty years, I have to say, in terms of in terms of just the sense of forward momentum. Uh, it's been many steps forward and only a few steps back. There was something you wrote uh, in Understanding Comics, and you wrote about Marshall McLuhan's observation that people growing up in the 20th century didn't want goals uh, so much as they wanted roles. Uh, and I find that particularly true in the realm of superhero comic. Everyone has their role to play. Uh, Superman, Clark Kent, Peter Parker, Bruce Wayne, whatever. They fit into these neat little archetypes. And, of course, all of them are role-playing. So I'm, I, I'm, that, for me, has this incredible, I guess, transference, if you will, to every kid growing up reading them. Isn't it? If anything, we're, we're only beginning down that road because, um, you know, VR, which seemed like the next big, big thing in 1995 and then seemed like an obsolete novelty by 2005, is probably going to finally come roaring in by 2020 or so. Um, and when it does, I think you may see that need for roles, that desire for role playing uh, skyrocket as, as a form of, uh, of uh, you know, gamesmanship and it just... As a, as a way of living. Um, and, uh, and certainly superheroes are going to play a tremendous role in that. There's no question about it. Um, and I think McLuhan may turn out to be even more right than he looks now. Um, so, so, yeah, there's, that, that fits very neatly into a, a likely scenario in the next five to ten years. There was another thing, I think it was towards the end of the book, uh, you mentioned that, the, that you that you really felt that the American comic book had not grown up no. yet. It still hasn't completely. Maybe it never should. I don't know. Oh, well, I was going to ask you, at which point are we? are we? Are we at the rebellious teen years? Are we, you know, in our 30s? <laughs> Where is the American comic book right now? Well, well of course, um, you, don't, you don't really want to take an entire art form and pick it off of one square on the chessboard and plunk it down on another. What you hope for a healthy art form is that it will spread across the entire chessboard. And that's, that's the direction that we've been taking. I'm, and I'm very happy for that. Um, in back in the nineties, we tried to spread this, the, the good news that comics weren't just for kids anymore. And we had so much progress that we woke up one day and realized that kids weren't reading comics anymore, which wasn't our intent at all. You know, we had lost uh, young readers and so we had this demographic time bomb that we needed to contend with. Very happy to report that we've recovered that sector and it's healthier than ever. So much so now that for the, maybe the first time in comics history in North America, um, there's a comic every step of the way. There are comics when you're four, there are comics when you're 12, there are comics when you're 16, 24, 34, 54. Uh, and, and that's how it always should have been. So it's not that, that comics have reached a particular level of maturity. It's that they've reached a particular level of diversity of maturity. 
Um, and that's what it takes for a healthy art. I've been speaking today to the legendary Scott McCloud. Go read his books. All of them, they are nothing short of remarkable. This is Bookmark. You're listening to BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.